Hey everybody, welcome to your wrong. Hey Luciano, what's everybody wrong about today? RPG, specifically the system that they're playing, Matt, and I will tell you why. So we all like D and D, Dungeons and Dragons for the uninitiated, and what the hell are you doing here? But um, is has seen a very big resurgence in popularity. It's a very old system. It's been around since the seventies. Um, it's in its fifth edition now, and you know I. At least around me, I see a lot of people talking about it and, and playing it and all that stuff. And I do enjoy playing some some D and D. We we have a, a group that we play together where you're the the dungeon master. Um, but I gotta say, having tried playing D and D, you know, third edition, actually starting with a D and D second edition or two, and and then third edition and three point five, and now playing fifth edition i gotta say i don't know man there's something missing there for me when i started first you know playing rpg i started with vampire the masquerade and back then this was in 97 or 98 um it was second edition and now the one i played the most was third edition which is the one you're playing with me and there has been a 20th anniversary edition which they call the fourth edition and now the fifth edition so I'm going to talk about the one that I played the most, which is third edition. And I just find it much, much better overall as an experience. Because, I don't know, I, D&D just seems like it becomes this murder hobo fast every time. And there's very little role play. And, and things seem to just devolve into who casts the biggest fireball. That's my, my hot take. Get it? Hot take? Fireball? No, ha, myself ha, out. Ha, 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 ha. Was, was that good for you? That thanks. I, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're wrong. I mean, I think that's one of the dumbest takes you've had on, on these podcasts. Maybe oh. dumber than, than your hip-hop isn't music take. Um, but, wow. you know, yeah. Why don't you explain to me why you, you think this is? So I find, and strap in, boys and girls, because we're going to get technical here. Um, I just find D&D is good for one thing and one thing only, combat, which I would give it full credit here. The combat system on D&D is actually very well streamlined and it works really well, um, which is the opposite of what I can say about any of the, the storyteller systems that I've played. Um, but I'll get into that in a bit. Um, I just find it's very limiting. Uh, you you have a very small number of skills. You have uh, a lot of things are are tied to attributes in a weird way. Like why is it that hitting someone with a sword depends on my strength? Like yes, how much damage I do, sure, but like aiming with strength, I yeah, don't know. How much? How can you control? Can you, are you strong enough to control where the sword's going to hit and how, how hard it's going to hit? Seems yeah. pretty straightforward to me. You can be strong and still be non-dextrous and completely miss your very well-controlled blow. Like, I don't, you know. So I feel like, and I don't know how much of this is historic or historical, because that's the way it was when you first started and people are used to it and now it's like that. But I no, find I thought, when we play... I thought I you were going to say that it was like, historically, swords worked a certain way. Thank God you didn't go down that route. because No, be no, no. You. Yeah. No. Okay. These are fantasy games. I'm I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to keep things as like as little dumb as possible. So okay. yeah. Okay. But um, the thing is, uh, I don't understand like what was kept in for um, just like historic or convenience sake, and what is actually thought of. And yeah, it's a fantasy thing, obviously. We always talk about, you know, how some things stretch our suspension of disbelief, even in, in, in RPG. And you say, really, there's a dragon flying overhead and you're shooting fire from your hands and, you know, trying to see out of a corner is what's throwing your suspension of disbelief out. Come on. But still, it's the basis on which the system works. Right. And I, yeah. I find it when we play together, I have a really hard time. Um, sometimes, actually a lot of the time, trying to convey what I want to do, uh, especially when it has to be in terms of, you know, mechanics of the system and I want to do something. And we have to kind of like 
makeup rules or or kind of wing it and say, okay, I rolled this thing and jump on one foot. That would be enough. You know what I mean? So your complaint about Dungeons and Dragons is that it relies on you to use your imagination too much? Mm-mm. I'm saying that it relies on you making up rules on the spot too much. AKA your imagination. Your imagination is not supposed to be used for rules, Matt. You're supposed to use your imagination to role play, which is also something we don't do a lot. You're you're imagining the world, you're imagining the characters, you're imagining the setting. You're not supposed to be imagining math in your head to make sure that the rules make sense. That's why the rules uh, are there. So they're yeah. objective. I'm not imagining rolling a 12. I'm saying you're imagining how best you could use your skills available to you to say something works or not. Well, if I know which skill to use, that's that's fine. That's what it's supposed to be. But if I yeah. want to do something and the skills don't cover it, how do I do that? Okay, well, you've had a very flimsy argument as to why D&D sucks. Why don't you... I never said it sucks. I just said <laughs> Vampire is better. <laughs> okay, well, then why don't you talk about why Vampire is better? So the first thing about Vampire isn't even the system. Because the system has flaws. Every system has flaws, but the system has a lot of flaws. But it's just the setting. I find, and this is a lot, a lot of it probably because how I started playing RPG. But I find, first of all, it's set in in a in a simile of the real world. It's not exactly the real world, but it's heavily based on the real world. I can't say world today, and um, I just find it easier to get into the setting, and it has this very rich. And I'm not going to get into it here because we don't have three hours. But uh, it has this very rich uh, backstory, which they call the meta plot or the arc plot um, in Vampire. And this hey, is the same for all of the I just, other. I, I just want to interrupt you here for, for a second. Mm. Uh, when you say you you find it easier to get into the, the sort of meta plot of Vampire, I just want everyone in the audience to know whether or not you would consider yourself uh, an edgelord or potentially an emo kid. Uh, if I had to pick from those, I'm an edgelord, but... Okay. It's not. It's not even that. It's just I just like the way that the the game works better. It's. It, I don't have anything against against fantasy. It's just I find that it's harder for me specifically to get into a character that I'm role playing when I'm playing D and D than it is with Vampire or any of the other storyteller games really, like Mage or Werewolf, which are the other two that I've played. I just I I just find it more fun. And and I like the focus of the game being on role playing and you know being a character versus just you know murdering things and getting the biggest sword and casting you know the most powerful spell. I just find that better. Um, we not to to get too far off the topic here, but we did you and I did sit down with a group of our friends and we played. Um, we didn't play Pathfinder, which is sort of the the sort of major competitor to D&D in the sense that it spun off of 3.5, which had a lot more skills and abilities to have more storytelling. But um, we did play, was it Starfinder, I think they call it? Yeah, which is so. yeah. Which is a sci-fi version of, of Pathfinder. Would you find that, that would be more more enjoyable for you because it provides a little bit more in terms of things to role play with? I don't know. I'd have to play Pathfinder. <clears throat> Starfinder seemed a little bit too gimmicky to me. Like in terms of the setting, I don't know if you felt the same way. I'm not sure if it was just the guy DMing it or PMing it. <laughs> yeah, was he PMing it. I don't know. He he was he seemed confused. <laughs> I guess for, for lack of a better term. And, yeah, he and did. No, no disrespect to this guy. He was at, he, we were at PAX in Boston a couple of years ago, and when he was running it, and it was it was I think it was hard because the session was like 45 minutes or an hour. But yeah. I really didn't get a good taste of of that world to say that uh, game is, is we good. we got railroaded to hell and back on that thing <laughs> yeah yeah we did which anyways, is understandable in an hour right but yeah yeah uh, so, anyways i was just curious so yeah i i i don't so let me let me just finish what why i what i like about vampire baron then we can you can you know try to tell me why i'm wrong and be dumb about it when you do um okay so Beyond just the whole backstory, which is it's not really the system uh, to the system's credit or not. It's just something that whoever wrote it created. It can apply to anything. But I just find the way that um, 
the system in Vampire to me seems a lot more streamlined. So, for example, there's no levels. There are no levels, I should say, right? You don't just reach a certain milestone in XP or a milestone in the story if that's how you're playing D&D. And now suddenly, here's all of these new things that you now know out of, out of the blue, for example, right? When, when you get XP and you get XP every at the end of every session, if the storyteller remember, remembers to give you that XP... Sorry, Matt. Um, yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, and then you get that XP based on, uh, you know, for like one point is just for string up and then you have like extras for, um, you know, advancing the story, role playing well, or finishing a chapter of the story, that kind of stuff. You can get more XP there. But then you spend that experience in, like you use it, you, you, you buy more skills or more abilities traits as they call them in storyteller with that experience and it has to be tied into things that you learn that experience with so if in a session all you did was let's say uh work your computers and trying to hack into you know someone's account or whatever it was that that you did uh, you're probably only going to be able to spend that xp on those activities you can just do that session and say i'm going to spend this much xp now on you know brawling or right so i and i find that progresses the character a little bit better and that's I provided al- provided your gm tells you you're going to need computer skills to play in his world listen bub yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so so that 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 story we're playing is was a mistake in in like the way i made it it's and this is was me trying something new and failing. So well, I would I would also like to give you some credit and blame because there's in, in the group there are five of us playing in your game. And two of us have never played Vampire before, but three have. And none of those three thought to take anything useful like computers. So it's not completely your fault. No, uh, I should have like uh, a friend was telling me this. He's like, I don't you've never let this happen before. You've always looked at the character sheets and made sure you made sense and blah blah blah. I guess I was just, it had been so long and we were like, is it going to be on paper? Is it going to be on a computer? Yeah. Like, is it a PF? So anyway, I've learned my lesson there and, you know, it provided everybody wants to keep on playing the next one, it's going to be much better, I promise. But just going back to to the, the topic here at hand, my point is I, I, I like the way that the characters progress because it's more tied in with what they did, right? In D&D, it, it's not, it's, it's set, right? You reach level... Yep whatever, seven, here's some more, if you're a caster, here you get another circle uh, for casting. Uh, here's, you know, some points for you to spend in uh, or roll to get more hit points, that kind of stuff, right? Right. And I understand why it is that way. And it makes a lot of sense, especially like for computer games porting a system. There's a reason why there's so many D&D games that people love and not as many vampire games that people like are even made because it's harder to port. So I understand why it's like that. Yeah. But but like the way I like to play is much more kind of like grounded in terms of how things progress is just because you've been playing for five years doesn't mean you can get hit by like, I don't know, a flamethrower and not die. You know what I mean? So in, all in all, I don't want to necessarily get too far into the details of the system but i just like i like how broad the selection of all of it like attributes skills or uh, abilities and and attributes as we call them in vampire and you can even make your own with your storyteller if that's what you know you you want oh i want you know i want my character to be you know proficient in climbing buildings you can do that right you just make up a, a skill uh because there's a provision for it in the rules. And I like character progression better from a systematic perspective. Right. And and when you're talking about character progression, you're talking about the the growth similar to I'm gonna say human, even though they're vampires, but I'm I'm saying in the sense sense that, you know, your growth is is um more logical, as you said, because you are you gain the ability to do something because you've done something in the game. So, it, you know, like say computers, again, the example, if you are 
using computers in the game, then you're able to level up your ability to use computers. If you are using firearms in the game, you're able to level up your ability to use firearms. Yeah. More so than in D&D where it's like, well, you're a, a, you know, a wizard, so now you know level five spells. So now you can do you know, acid arrows or magic missiles you know, at a higher level. And you know, don't assassinate me because I really don't know the spell levels well enough to, to get those right. But yeah. um, you're not just given something because you go up a level. You have to sort of quote-unquote earn it. Yeah. I find it meshes well with the way stories are supposed to be told within the system. And, and I find it make, I, at least to me, it makes it easier for me to, to, as a, as a storyteller to kind of, um, map, I guess, you know, the things that the players or the player characters are going to run into. Um, if it's not just a hard break and okay, now they can do all of these other things, especially depending on which level in D and D you're getting to now, yeah. there's more bit. Now you get a new attribute and you get feats and you get you know so that kind yeah of thing. you you forget the monk in your party is leveled up and now you can just block any arrow you shoot at him um, <laughs> and so now you have to get better monsters to to be able to get past that yeah that's never happened to i me, i don't know who you're talking about at all no no it's some other guy a friend of a friend that, that mm-hmm. that's happened to of course of course yeah so why don't you give me your perspective matt so i know you haven't played a lot and you know you were playing Let's say under under ideal circumstances, we're not playing person like in person. Of course, we're playing over you know the internet and, oh, using Zoom or or whatever. <clears throat> but you have played a little bit now, and we've talked enough during the the game sessions about the system and how it goes. And you know you have more experience with D and D than I do. So why don't you give me your perspective on this? Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll preface this with the you know statement that. Obviously, we've only played, um, I've only played the Vampire the one time, uh, and we're primarily pulling on our, our, our knowledge of the versions we've spoke about, 5, and, and I think you said 3rd edition for uh, Vampire. 3 and 3.5, that's what I Three, played, yeah. Yeah, so so I've played only those, and you've only played 5 uh, D&D mostly with me, and so, you know, there are probably better DMs, I'm sure you can watch a bunch of them streaming stuff online, especially for Dungeons and Dragons, so we have a limited knowledge set, but based on that knowledge set um, that I do possess, it really seems to me like Dungeons and Dragons really lets you, shows you a path to being something you're not. Let's you say, I have these powers. These are my abilities. This is what I'm going to be capable of. And, and understanding what people are going to be capable of lets you set up a world where they are able to, um, I would say compete is probably not the best word, but interact and feel powerful, but still feel challenged. And, and it's an easy thing to do from a DM perspective versus, you know, with vampire, it seems like people are going to have abilities, but you're relying a lot on them to still think to get to where they need to be, to use those abilities. And so it's, that is a more, it forces you to think more like yourself than really throw yourself into a, a character you would never be. So for me, D and D gives me that structure to let people be as crazy of a character as they want within their defined rule set. So I think that's the biggest thing. And I'm not even going to cover stuff like due to the popularity of D and D, there are thousands of more tools to, 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 you know, play with like using D and D beyond. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. been a game changer for us since COVID's hit. There is that, there is no comparison there. From a tuning perspective, is there's a clear winner is D and D just from the sheer number of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I think those have been the things. Like it's been, it's almost like the reason you don't like D and D is the reason I do like D and D. It gives you a toolbox to work with. Whereas Vampire says, "Here are some tools. Do whatever you want." You know, it's slightly yeah. slightly different. I I like. It's not that I don't like D and D. It's just I have a hard time getting into a character. And that might have to be have to do with the, the fact that I've been a storyteller, or you know, in in vampire parlance, right, or DM, yeah. for mo- most of my gaming RPG gaming life. Yeah. Um, but I, I to me, it's, it seems like, and I don't know if this is a, a result of 
you know, specific story that we're playing or the group that we're playing with. But I, I don't, I, I find it hard to role play properly myself. I can't like, I, this is a character, it's a new character, but it's based off of other characters I've, I've made in the past. And we've discussed our, my story enough that I should be okay with just role playing him. And I, I yeah. often fall out of it. And I don't know why that is. And I find that when I get to Vampire, you probably notice this when I'm the storyteller and we're, we're playing, you probably notice that I get much more easily into, and I'm getting into like five, ten characters on a session sometimes. Yeah, you, you don't know any of their names, but uh, you're definitely I know half of them. their names. I know half of their names. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I think I think you nailed the the, the some of the challenge that D and D has in terms of being so open. Um, it's an easy. I think you know it's so popular because it's easy to come to. Its popularity is driven in a large portion because. You know, people that are now playing it are 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 at the age that they would have been playing these games through some means for a while. You know, when they're growing up, they would have played Final Fantasies, for example, uh, or maybe WoW. And and so jumping into D and D, it's it's a safe space in the sense that they have a, a a rough idea, a construct of how to play it. But because they do, you know, in games like Final Fantasy, in games like D and D, or sorry, WoW. Um, the goal is to level your character up, right? Yeah, get more powerful, basically. Yeah, things don't happen until you hit max level, and that's when you finish the quest. And so asking those people to say, hey, do you want to play a D&D? He's like, yeah, that's like playing Final Fantasy. Let's do it. And then saying, oh, you have to RP, RP a lot. So like, well, I don't talk to the villagers. I just go murder the things, get the loot, level up, yeah, yeah. murder the things. And so that's the biggest challenge I've, I have found with D&D is that you really got to draw out the RP with people. You have to incentivize them. Um, and you know, so the flip side with vampire, it seems like it's all about the RPing, right? You can't, you can't go and murder hope with things. The whole point of it is just to role play. Uh, and, and because the, you know, that vampire world, you know, to your point, it's not, it's not a well-known world. The only thing we know about vampires is they sparkle. Um, (laughs) I think that's all I've picked up based on the current media. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and okay. they live together in New Zealand, and I think I think New York now, and they have fun little hijinks. Oh wow, that's like five different IPs at once. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> but like, there's not a lot known, and so when you come to Vampire, you're allowed to tell a story because no one has a preconceived notion of what's going on. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things I see you and 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 our other friend who hasn't played before, Mark, uh, struggle a little bit with is exactly that, like. There is it's not a learning curve of the system. The system I think is pretty straightforward. Um, if if you go in and read about it, you go, okay, that makes sense. But like getting into all the like the terminology and the things that you're supposed to do as a as a new character, even as a new character, there's a lot of things. And like you said, D and D is fantasy. You know what an elf is. You know what a dwarf is. You know what a fireball is. You know what a spell is. Like it, even if it if there's difference, even if you go play other fantasy games right there's still some similarity there to all of the other fantasy uh ips i guess everywhere else if you know if you've ever read lord of the rings and you come into a DD game you're going to be fine you're going to know exactly what it means you're going to have a few misconceptions maybe because they don't port exactly one-to-one no. but you're going to be comfortable with those yeah like you know there's no the 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 adjustments like you look at you know World of Warcraft, which you and I both played a lot. It's like, all right, yeah, there's elves, there's orcs, there's dwarves, there's humans, yeah. there's goblins, and there's some variances. Like there's blood elves, and there's you know there were high elves for a while, and there's the night elves, and you know there's different clans of dwarves, and the goblins are you know different colors and stuff. But yeah, it's just Tolkien, just yeah. you know yeah. remixed. Like you said, with vampire, first of all, everybody has preconceived notions of those two, and Mind you, Vampire is one game of the system. The system is called the, the Storyteller system, right? And, and the overarching sort of setting is called the World of Darkness. And then you have the individual sort of like creatures or, or you know, fantastic creatures, I guess you, you can call them. And each of them has their own set of rules, which is another problem. I'm not going to get into this. We can talk about this later in another episode if you want. But 
you know, vampire has its set of rules and werewolf has its set of rules and mage has its set of rules. And then you have the other ones. Those are the big three. And then you have uh, things like changeling, which is about fairies, right? And you have mummy and you have demon and you have humans too, hunters and, and just regular humans. And you have other weirder stuff that I, I haven't played wraith, which is uh, ghosts, right? And, and so all of those creatures they are they exist in you know in the popular culture and like you said you just listed like five things or like things from five different like um myths about vampire and that some of them apply some of them don't apply to the ones that we're playing in the system or in the setting so it's the opposite of D&D, really, because with, with D&D, you come into knowing a little bit of fantasy. You go into D&D and you say, OK, oh, elves live forever. No, actually, elves live about 900 years. I say, OK, yeah. but that's like those are details. Whereas if you come into, you know, playing vampire, you go, so how do I uh, how do I measure my sparkliness? Are you going to get slapped in the face because like it doesn't exist? Yeah, well, right? you, you, you wouldn't. I mean, I, I, you said I could make whatever I wanted. Could could we talk about me having a sparkle already? Yeah, we can. Not okay. not in here because I don't want people laughing at you. Okay. I just want to laugh at you in private. But Thank you. but yeah, so so you have to like, and a lot of this they use in the system to to uh, kind of make it more um, familiar to people. So for example, you can there's the the. The, the myth that you know vampires can't stand garlic, for example, which isn't necessarily in the system, isn't necessarily true, but you can get a flaw that says you you can't deal with garlic. So like they, they give you something, but you're right. You go into it and you're like, okay, I don't I can't really put a frame around this because there's just so much that could be actually happening. And a lot of it hinges on mystery too, right? You don't know everything there is to know about that world much like you don't in D, which is another problem i'll get to it in a second but you like you don't necessarily know you know as a fighter if you see a, a wizard started to starting to cast a spell you're not going to know what it is right but yeah, you, you won't but when the dm says oh you know they're casting whatever which bolt right sorry which bolt yeah which bolt um okay. they're like you go okay i know what's gonna happen even if your character doesn't you do right and as you play more vampire like if you ask fran um a, a bunch of the things that like a, a new character like her character in our game wouldn't know but she knows if i say certain things like if i say you know you're not gonna know this but if i say the word vicissitude people that have played they go oh shit Right, because they know it's a discipline from a clan that can be very, you know, dangerous. Blah 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 blah. So you still get that after you play a little, but that requires being in for a while, versus D and D just being standard fantasy tropes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think like if you if you were to say the standard things about vampires, you know, that that exist that I've seen so far in vampires, that obviously you need to drink blood to survive, and there's a, you know a hierarchy to to the vampire world and i think that's you know i actually kind of you know the one thing i can think that kind of it mirrors this sort of the storyteller world to some degree is the underworld movies right oh very much so yes yeah yes yeah so like if you, I, i've watched a number of them i don't think i watched all of them because they got just got weird and confusing um i watched all of them because yeah, i'm a sucker does, for that kind of yeah, stuff yeah yeah it i mean i get it um but <laughs> So like I have an understanding and that's so that stuff, the structure, the the blood drinking, the sort of um, political intrigue, like that all exists in 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 vampire. And in a large sense, that can be all you do. Um, if, if that's what you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that like you said, the one thing the problem is that it kind of ra- railroads itself into those things to some degree because it's so weak in other aspects like combat. And not to say you need combat, but you um, do. You, to you some need a little. Like, there's, there's, you know, conflict is going to escalate, right? And and a lot of the stuff that you've seen firsthand with Vampire is just me trying something different from what I've done basically all of my playing life, right? I wanted to try and make a more sort of standard or vanilla um, story rather than what I usually do with Vampire. 
but um, yeah, it's not that it's not good. It's just I find myself getting too uh, stuck into the the details of what I wrote. So there's a bunch of things that I need to fix if I'm going to do this in the future. Um, and this is not really incumbent on the system. It's just me learning to be better at this. But um, I've actually found, and, and, and we've talked about this, uh, where you said, you know, if I don't write things, um, things derail for me, is what you told me. Okay, If I don't have the story prepared, then things go sideways, right? Yeah. Uh, having important pieces of the story written and having you know, items done, you know, like maps and things like that really help, help grind, sorry, grind, ground people into, into the world. Yeah. So for me, I, I'm finding that I have written just main plot details and points and I have some, you know, ideas of places and stuff. I find that actually curtails me. I do better when I'm thinking on the spot and I have a rough idea of where I wanted to go, but I can adapt to what you guys do as players so i so but this is a sideways conversation because we're talking about my my own particular story right now yeah. that we're playing right the fact that you suck or don't suck at at storytelling it's not is immaterial to the yeah the world. it's not the system's fault <laughs> yeah 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 it's weird that i you know i would try this now and i'd be worse at the quote-unquote easy way of playing vampire than i am at the hard way whatever anyway so I, to me, it's, you know, it feels to me a lot more like a living world and like a, you know, the, I can see when I, when I'm, uh, you know, I'm being the storyteller for you guys when we're playing and I look at you guys as I'm playing, I actually can sort of detach the, you know, the play, I can detach Matt from Alistair, right? I, I can, when I'm talking to you, especially in character, it's easier for me when I'm playing vampire to talk to your character or to you as your character than it is when I'm playing, you know, my cleric on your uh, on your story and I'm talking to an NPC. It feels disjointed for me to be that character. It feels like I can't get into the mindset even of the character. If, let's flip it. If you were to be playing vampire with someone being the storyteller there, would you be able to get into the mindset of that character? Yeah, I have done that before. Yeah, even and and even it's not because the character is similar to me. On the contrary, I used to play. I, I normally play clans that I would never be if vampires were actually real, and I was to be one of them. I would never be one of those clans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but but yeah, I I just find it easier because there's a lot less that I have to kind of imagine. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I, I'd like to focus on imagining the stuff around the character and it's easier if the world is familiar versus me being in a completely different world, like, you know, like in D&D or in, you're in Faerun if you're playing Forgotten, right? And I was going to say that one of the other things I know about Vampire is because you get to set it in roughly the, the real world, the current world, um, you inherently know a lot about what's going on that helps you inform your character. Whereas in with with D and D, it's really incumbent upon the the DM to to help ground you in the world you're in. Like you can use a map to say, yeah, we're in the Sword Coast, and now we're in Neverwinter, and we're in Waterdeep. But because there's been so many iterations, there's not a a standard history that like Vampire pro provides. Right? Vampires like all the history and the run-up to Vampire is like, it's in the book, right? It, 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 and there's other books that supplement it, but it's all standardized. Everybody playing Vampire knows this is where the world is. This is how it got here. Yeah. Whereas in D&D, you have the ability to say whatever you want. And unless the DM tells you, this is my world, this is how it operates, you're kind of left holding the basket being like, okay, what's what's my character's thing? Why is he like this? How does that impact the greater world? Et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in as an example, for example, on your story, you know, there's like this stigma, and I know this is common, but there's the stigma with necromancy, for example, right? This is something you're you're like, okay, this is how it's going to be, even yeah. if it's not, even if there's something. Okay, in my story, this is going to happen, and obviously, I can do that with vampire as well. But you tend to actually, I've played like that with other uh, storytellers, 
um, you know, back in Brazil. And whenever they deviated too much from certain sort of cornerstones of what you expect the like the setting to be, it's really weird. You have right. to keep constantly reminding yourself, oh, this is not like that. This is not like that. Like the like that meta knowledge that you have as a player and not as a character. Yeah. That kind of drives even it's though it's not supposed to, it still drives what you do and how you do things. And, and I think that's like that helps a lot with in D D in that sense is okay, I am an elf. So I know I don't have to sleep eight hours. I can only meditate. And I know that, you know, I'm going to have these characteristics and I know sort of what other people are going to think of me. That kind of stuff is all common fantasy tropes. It exists exactly the same way in in Vampire. So like the character you're playing is a Ventrue. So if you've, you know, if you know more about it, that's, that's really the key here. If you know more about the system and the setting and you've played enough, you know what other characters are going to think of you based on your clan. You know what your characters are going to think of you based on, you know, the position you occupy in the social hierarchy, that kind of stuff. Right. But that depends on playing and playing and playing and playing. It is it is interesting to to see that while D and D provides it basically provides structure around the characters but not the world, and Vampire provides structure around the world and not the characters. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously you get to pick your abilities in Vampire, uh, but in D and D you don't. Yeah. You pick a class. I'm the cleric, so now you get access to, you know, healing spells and and sort of, you know, I guess technically the necromantic spells because they're the flip side of it. But you get access to a certain level of spells. You get access to a certain number of abilities. So once you pick, I'm a cleric, like Jericho is, then yeah. it's like my identity is the cleric. I have to go no further in in developing my character. Right. I've yeah. been given it. And then as the DM, I get to design a world however I want. I have a lot of latitude versus Vampire where the story, like you have a latitude for your world, but a lot of it's been predetermined, like you said, because of the history and the context. Mm-hmm. And and so it's, it's a little more defined, but the character, outside of picking your abilities, you know, and picking your uh, clan, you have a lot of latitude in how you want to role play that character because it's, it, you have lots of more you have lots more options to, to build that character. Yeah, it's it's a weird sort of uh, cross-section of constraints, right? In, in D&D, like you said, you pick a class and then class has customization. So like sticking with Cleric, you can, oh, what's your domain? But yep. once you've done that, there's very little that's going to deviate from me, from like Jericho as a War Cleric and another War Cleric, right? Yep. There's going to be a few differences in like which spells I have prepared or, you know, my... Um, the way I spent my my uh, uh, attribute points and that kind of stuff, but for the most part, the abilities are going to be pretty similar. You're basically in that scenario. You're basically saying, "Am I going to be, you know, Doritos nacho cheese or Doritos zesty cheese?" Yeah, and with with vampire, like a clan defines you in many ways because you have to be embraced into it, right? You have to be made into a vampire by a, a member of that clan. And it, that is not something that, you know, in, in the setting is done lightly because it's not permitted to just go around doing it. You have to have permission. And so you're not going to go just find the first schmo on the street and, and, and pull him into your world, right? So there are a bunch of similarities that you're going to have with your other clan members. However, for th- those similarities are very thin compared to like a similarities between two per- people of the same class in D&D, but you can also be somewhat of a pariah or a rogue or have some sort of like a weird angle into how you got, you know, pulled into the clan. You know, maybe you were embraced because of something you knew or because of some, you know, service you could provide, whatever. There's a million stories you can tell. So the, there's like, it's basically whatever you want to do. Unless you say I want to be a vampire squid or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like basically anything that is within reason is probably doable. And you're yeah. going to see when we play the actual thing that I want to play, you're going to see that there's ways to help with that. But you're right. In like nominally speaking, when I ask, hey, Matt, go make me a character for vampire. You just go, fuck, I can do whatever I want. And that doesn't help, right? 
no it especially playing the first time it's like what, what do i do well read this 400 page book and then uh you know you can do whatever you want it's it's a daunting ask whereas D is like you know all that stuff you already know just pick one of them and then we'll rock and roll well i mean you don't have to read the whole book right just like with D, there's stuff you need to know like we have problems during our sessions where people are like oh how does the spell work again or sure. oh, what can i do again and, and you know a lot of it is there's too much to know for sure there is yeah but also there's like oh i just built the character without really reading more than what i absolutely needed to and in that in that aspect D beyond is actually does a disservice because it does all the things for you so it's it's convenient but you don't learn how to calculate your proficiency bonus or you no. don't know how to calculate your spell casting uh bonus and that kind of stuff I, yeah and you won't even remember you know when you cast like yeah uh, you know summon elemental you won't even remember the specifics of that spell because you just know you can recall it and figure it out when you go to do it so that yeah. is a bit of a, a disservice but that's i mean that is not the game's fault it is just the tools of Bevel's fault to yeah yeah to... But, but and it's like in in vampire it's it's similar in that you can go into the chapter of character creation which is like 30 pages and you can do it there right and and you'll be pretty sure as to what you need to know but again beating that dead horse again it's the familiarity with the tropes D doesn't really get too far away from those tropes and vampire kind of shed some of those tropes while playing on top of the others right like you said drink blood uh, stake to the heart does something does it kill the vampire no but it does something you know yeah. what about crosses and eh, not so much what about so so like you have to know all of those details within that particular like rendition of the vamp vampire myth right and so i think there it's so it's a lot more work for you to understand the character part and it's probably a higher learning curve in the term in terms of getting acquainted with you know all of the little common like commonalities or common things that you're supposed to know about you know the sects and the clans and the disciplines like the nomenclature but once you get over that hurdle i think it actually progressing as a player and as a storyteller once you past that initial curve is actually easier than D&D, at least in my opinion. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have, to, we'll have to see. Um, Just to wrap this conversation up, because I think it'll be an interesting thing. We know that, um, you know, there are a lot of video games based on the D&D rule set, and I think uh, the company that has made Divinity Original Sin uh, is making a new D&D game. I, I don't know if it's specifically going to be Baldur's Gate yeah, it is. Four, Baldur's but, Gate 3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, versus, we know that a vampire game, uh, a proper Vampire the Masquerade game, is being made. Um, and I think that's by Obsidian. I don't remember who's making it. Paradox. Paradox, that's right. Yeah. Do you think Vampire. I, I don't think the question is fair to say, is Vampire going to outsell Baldur's Gate? Because I think there's a number of you, reasons why it probably you won't. Yeah. yeah. But do you think Vampire is going to be considered a success in a world where D&D has reached, you know, unparalleled popularity? I think that that's a very layered question. Um so just just for reference, there have been that I know of um two other licensed like officially licensed games from for Vampire. The first one was called Redemption. And uh, it was okay, but you play a, a pre-made character, right? You don't choose the character you play. You play always the same character. That seems really to... that seems really dumb given the vampire world. Yeah, but I think it was exactly because of what you said. There's too much latitude, right? Um, mm, fair. It was a good game. It had its flaws. I'm not going to get into the game now, but it was it was fun, right? And it was easy to pick up for people that had never played vampire. Then there was Bloodlines, which was, uh, you know, funnily enough, the first game that ever used the Source engine, the Half-Life or the Vault Source engine, even before Half-Life 2, yeah. Bloodlines came, came, came out and it was, it was an amazing game. I, it was probably one of the few, I can count on the fingers of one hand the games I played more than once from beginning to end, and Vampire is one, um, mainly because I'm a little bitch. Yeah, but, well, I mean, that's... Like I remember you telling me this. You, you you at the time you played, you lived in Brazil, and how much did it cost you to like 
get this so that was, to Brazil that was, to play? That was the first game, not the second uh, game. Oh, it was Redemption? Yeah, I bought it. I bought the um, collector's edition on my on my like college student salary. That was smart. Um, <laughs> but I cost me at the time, this was 99? No. Yeah, 2000 or 99 or something it's like that. It's 2000. I looked it up here. The Redemption yeah. came out in 2000. Yeah, so I bought it when it came out. And this was like, it wasn't that easy to get it here. And I got a collector's edition, which came with an amazing version of the Book of Nod, which is like the Bible of Empire. No, oh, nice. It's so, I still have it. It's amazing. And it came with a pendant, like a super pendant. It cost me 300 US back oh, then. Good, good God. Yeah, which in, you know, Brazil money is, is like a house <laughs> and a kidney and maybe a part of an eye. <laughs> but, but worth it, right? I For me, it was because I'm a little bitch. Yes. But... Uh, actually, actually, it was worth it in the sense that I have this very, very rare version of the book, and it's uh, hardcover. Which m- most of the versions you can find, I think, all of the versions you can find of this one is just like paperback. This right. one is hardcover, and it has like silver trim. It's really beautiful. I will show you one day if we ever allow to, you know, congregate in person again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> Bloodlines, I, I think back home, I, uh, I went to the Seven Seas to get it. The first time okay and then the second time i bought it yeah i was and then i replayed it so i played it twice and it's a good game again with a game with so much latitude as vampire gives you in terms of what you can do and what you can go with your character it obviously curbs you a lot in that sense but the story is really good and if any every, anybody's interested at all in any of this that i've talked about vampire and hasn't played bloodlines even nowadays even though it's a 2004 game yeah go play it it's still a good game the graphics are old, but the game is great. The story is great. You know, it gives you a lot of options and gives you a good idea of like what the world of Empire is. And so now there's going to be Bloodlines 2 made by Paradox. The first one, I think you're right, it was made by Obsidian. First one's made by Troika Games. Troika. Um, Troika. Wow. Troika, Troika Games. Yeah, and they made uh, Arcanum something else. And, <clears throat> and Anyways. Path of Elemental Evil, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vampire the Bloodlines murdered <laughs> Troika. Um, as a company, yeah. because it, I was I was looking up Bloodlines, and it basically sold eight thousand copies when it first came out. I remember playing Bloodlines. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I purchased it, and it was an un- unholy, like it was a great story, but it was just a buggy mess that like was when really it came hard out, to, yeah. yeah, yeah, to play through. Yeah. So this one, so Paradox bought White Wolf, which is the was the original publisher of uh, and and author of <clears throat> the Storyteller games. Okay. And so they have the rights to the RPG, like the paper, the, the pen and paper RPG. Yeah. And they also have rights obviously to the game. And so they're releasing it on, but Paradox Studios is releasing it. Um, it's been postponed again. Uh, early, it was supposed to come out in March this year, I think. And it got yep. pushed because it wasn't ready, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, I, so <clears throat> the problem is, I have a feeling that this Bloodlines 2 is going to be based off of the fifth edition of Empire. And I took a very cursory look at it, so I can't really speak about it with propriety, but a lot of the changes that they made to the system, I do not like from, from a, like a tabletop perspective. I don't think I would ever play it. Like I would have to take a look again to be fair. But I would much rather stick with the fourth edition, with the 20th anniversary edition, which did a good job of bringing it to more like the 2010s when it came out. Yeah. Instead of playing the fifth, the fifth edition, it got into a weird way with, you know, it has this like hunger points and it tried to model a little bit of, of the system after the more modern sort of uh, like D20 sort of systems where there's like right. yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of like, like uh, 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 abbreviated, like I don't know. I have to look at it again. I remember looking at it when it first came out, and and I was in the beta uh, mailing list and all that stuff. I did right. not like it. Yeah, it, it certainly seems like it would be something they'd be incentivized to do, given that they own yeah, the for company sure. itself. You'd want to publish a game in the world the the game said it was available to push sales. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and I know they did a. From what I read of reviews from other people, they did a good job with bringing vampires and, and you know werewolves and all that stuff into the mod- modern world. Like I said, I said I was going to touch on something. I'll do it quickly because we're running out of time. But 
you know, the main problem that I that that the the system had was that if you wanted to put vampires, werewolves, and mages together in your chronicle, you're fucked because the systems are completely incompatible with each other, which is stupid as shit, right? So they did some foray into fixing this. They have a setting for vampire in the Dark Ages, which the original one was just a sort of a a side book to the main one. And then they created this whole new series called Dark Ages colon something. Dark Ages Vampire, Dark Ages Mage, Dark Ages Werewolf. And those books are all compatible with each other. So I'm thinking that this fifth edition of Vampire is going to be followed, if it's successful, by Werewolf and Mage and then the smaller ones. And those yeah. are all going to be compatible. That would be a huge thing in order to get this more traction. Because yeah. not everybody is interested in vampires as as a as a fantasy sort of trope, right? It is it is to some degree limiting. Like if you don't if you're not necessarily interested in playing a vampire, it's like okay, you can't. Whereas D and D does give you rule sets to play creatures and other characters. So. Yeah, and you can basically play a lot of, all of them together because the rule set is one. So if yeah. they do release it in a way like if vampire is successful both both as a tabletop game and as a as a video game, I can see them releasing updated versions of the other ones and then making those things work together and that that could make it more successful than just having the bloodlines game this is to answer your question that you made i don't i don't know that the bloodlines game is going to do a whole lot it's going to probably create some interest like Mm -hmm. it did when bloodlines came out but how successful it will be is dependent on a bunch of stuff is the fifth edition good enough is the game good enough you know, is the story good? Because that's what, you know, a lot of it, a lot of vampire, a lot of storyteller stuff hinges on. This is a good story, right? When you when you do combat in vampire, it's atrocious. Like, it's awful. Like it's almost like they built the system so you don't have combat, right? But you, like you said, you have to have it, for one. And two, like, <clears throat> if the story is good, you play even though the the combat system is trash. On the tabletop, so I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna do something about that to address that. So yeah. Come come, you know, whenever that the game comes out, if it's well done, if the story is good, and if they can they able to tie it with the tabletop game and release the other ones, then I think there can be a resurgence. Yes. Is it ever going to top D and don't think so. Yeah. Well, it's I guess we'll see if it can can gain some of the public uh, interest into tabletop RPG based on playing the video game. People might check it out. Yeah. So, closing words. Uh, well, you're wrong. D and D is still way more awesome than Vampire. I mean, you can have your wrong opinion. It's fine, man. You know, don't let your dreams be dreams. Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you would like to contact either of us to tell me that I'm right and Matt is wrong, please feel free to do so at yourwrongcast@gmail.com. I hope you learn how to spell that because if you don't, you can email us. And for now, I'm Luciano. Uh, I'm the person who's writing this argument, Matt. And uh, just remember, your opinion is your opinion, and it's probably also wrong. See you later. <laughs>